Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Talking about giving, someone say giving. Now, I've been hitting tithes pretty hard. And talking about giving, the series has been Why Give? Well, today I want to talk to you about, it's, it's kind of a subtitle, but it's the title of the message today is Money Management 101. So that's why give, why give. Say, Well, if you can look back on your life and you look back at the times where you didn't give tithes, you can see that you really struggled financially, number one. Number two, though, if you notice where there's money problems, there ends up being other problems. Are you all with me? Especially you adults. Some of the teenagers are like, no, I don't ever have no money. I'm fine. No, some of you adults that have lived a little while, you say, no, or, or you've, you've had a budget or you've, you've been married or, or, or whatever. You're old enough to, you moved out of the house. You notice that money problems breed other problems. They breed relationship problems. In some situations, maybe not yours, hopefully, right? They breed crime problems. Just all kinds, lack of peace. There's all these issues. So today what I'm talking about in managing your money of course, we're talking about the tithe, but we're talking about offerings. We're also talking about first fruits. Here at this ministry, we believe in the first fruit offering. And what is that? In late January, every year as a church, those who want to participate, they're not forced to, we encourage people to give a first fruits offering. What is that? It's the biggest offering you can possibly muster and gather up so that God will bless your whole year financially and in every other way. All right? That's what a first fruits offering is. And you may say, man, $200 is a lot for me. Well, then, <clears throat> praise God, that's between you and him. Then that's what you're called to give. A thousand's a lot. Well, then, if you're able to give that, praise God, that is a first fruits offering. It's a big offering that sets the year apart. Big to you. You may say, man, I have no money. 50 is a lot. Well, praise God. Remember Jesus saw the little widow lady giving the two mites into the church treasury? He said she's given more than everybody because she gave everything she had. So it's all proportional. That's between you and God. I encourage everybody to always tithe. That's 10% of what you give. Why? Well, we're stewards. Somebody say, I'm a steward. A steward is a manager. Someone say manager. A manager is someone who takes care of something for someone else. They govern it. They watch over it. They administrate it. They care for it. They protect it. You treat it you treat it like it's yours. And so we, as God's people, we are stewards and managers of all of God's stuff that he's given us. So the first point today is, that ties into what I'm telling you, it's all God's anyway. Are you with me? It's all God's anyway. It's funny, I've always thought this was interesting, that people are born good looking and they think they're amazing. I'm like, God gave you that. Some of you got beautiful hair, and you should be proud of it, but give God the glory because God gave you that. God gave you that smile. God gave you your gifts. God gave you your intellect, your charm, your way with people. Some of you are like, I'm an introvert. Well, God gave you that too. Introverts are very brilliant one-on-one. -on -one. They're great with people one-on-one. -on -one. They're very focused. They're good in relationships that way. Say, man, everything I have is God's anyway, especially my money. Now, here's, here's the way I want to frame it this morning. People say, I'm giving to God. Okay, that's fine. Because some will tell you, no, you're not even giving to God. It's all his, his anyway. Here's what I'm saying. You're giving back to God because it's his anyway. 
He's letting you keep 90% when you tithe. Or when you give an offering, he's letting you keep all the rest. Remember, this is a good review. How many of you know review is good? The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me say that again. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. But Satan, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me say that again. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. uh, Satan doesn't want 10%, does he? He wants all of it. He wants all of it. You ever seen movies where the villain just wants everything? They're just insatiable. Whatever movie you've watched, you're like, oh, that's an awful villain. Like, what do they even want? They just want everything. That's Satan. That's a reflection of Satan. He just wants it all. He wants all of it. He wants your life. He wants your kids. He wants to destroy you. He wants to see the whole thing crash and burn. He wants your money. He wants you miserable. And he wants you cursed. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. Can I get an amen in this house? Praise God. So God is letting me, if I tithe, when I tithe, and we tithe on everything that touches our account, anything that touches our hand or our pockets, we tithe on it, my wife and I. We love the text to give because, once again, it's quick and convenient. Some of you still bring tithe and offering here. That's great. I encourage all of it. My big deal is that you give because it's not just my big, big deal. It's God's big deal. It's an ancient law of sowing and reaping. Without seed, there is no harvest. Without giving, there is no receiving. Right? Many of you say, man, I love to receive. Well, Scripture says it's even better It's even better to give than to receive. We'll get into that again here in a minute. I remember mom and dad told me that when I was a kid. They used to tell me that at Christmas. And I was like, it's better to give than to receive? How is that possible? That had to become a revelation to me. (laughs) Why is it better to give than to receive? Well, you always keep the wheels of God's cycle turning. The cycle of blessing. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Can you imagine if Jesus would have come and said, I just want everybody to serve me and I'm going to wipe y'all out. Y'all don't do what I want right now. There would have been no chance. He taught us it was better to give than to receive. He came to serve and not be served at that time. Now we serve him, but he is our divine and perfect example of serving and giving. And here's the good news. God's letting me keep 10% of his money, so I'm giving him back 10% of his money. Are y'all with me? When I go to be with Jesus one day, I'm not going to take the socks with me. The socks I'm wearing right now are warm. They're nice. They were kind of an indirect Christmas gift several Christmases ago. It was about seven years ago. Jen had given my father-in-law some socks, and they were like size 11s. I am not a size 11, as you can tell. And he goes, they won't fit. He's a big man. Probably a 12 and a half, 13 foot. He said, they won't fit. I'm not, I'm not even going to put them on. They won't fit. So I, I'll still remember that Christmas morning. We went ahead and ordered him some more socks. Jen goes, go ahead and get on Amazon. Order him some socks. He'll come in after Christmas. Okay. And Dad Brown goes, you can have these. I, I slipped them right on. I lo- they're Carhartt socks. And no, you can't have them. Unless I go to be with Jesus or God tells me to give them to you personally. These are really special. But one day when I go to be... With Jesus, here's my point. I'm not taking them with me. Hopefully I'll outlive these socks. They just go in the dump or get holes in them, become rags or just trash. Or, or, or God speaks to me to give them when they're still good and someone else gets to wear them while I'm alive. But one day I'm going to go be with Jesus and so are you if he does not return in our lifetime. 
And I'm telling you, if you go to meet Jesus before he returns, you will not have a U-Haul on your hearse. I've said that before, and it's not my original thought. I've seen countless hearses here at the church for funerals over the years. And I've never seen, not once, a U-Haul attached to the back of that thing. I've been studying ancient Egypt, just because I'm a nerd that way. And it's just fascinating. When they opened King Tutankhamun's tomb, they call him King Tut, right? You remember that? They found all kinds of stuff in there. They found a, a wooden chest with his shoes in there and robes and all kinds of stuff. The Egyptians, they would pack tombs with stuff, thinking that those pharaohs or those queens were going to take that stuff to the afterlife. Sometimes they would even kill slaves and servants and jam them in there with them. Can you imagine? They're like, man, I quit. You're about to die. I quit. I'm going to go work somewhere in, in Italy or something. I mean, it wasn't that easy, but I'm going to go work somewhere else. You're 28, and your master's 78, and he died. They'll throw you, in the, throw you in the tomb with him. Why? Heard of people buried in their Cadillac. Seen people, dead bodies, posed on a ninja motorcycle. What the heck? You're not taking that with you. You're not taking that with you. It's all God's anyway. Someone say it's all God's anyway. But he wants you to be blessed, doesn't he? Look at this. We're still talking about it's all God's anyway. Let's go to Haggai 2.8. Some say Haggai. That's quite a name. I'm sure it's pronounced completely different in Hebrew. Look at what God says. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Aren't you glad for a number of reasons? Number one, it's not your worry to manage all of that. Your money management is your money. That's what Money Management 101 this morning. It's your money that God has given you. So the silver is his and the gold is his. You might as well go according to his plan because he can bless you with whatever he wants to. Years ago, someone said, and it's very cliche and very trite. Been said a lot in church circles that God will not bless a mess. Well, you're a mess. If you don't tithe, you're, a, you're in disarray, you're in a mess, and you're in disobedience to God's word. It's all his anyway, so be sure and give him some of his money back so the rest of your money that he allowed you to keep will stay blessed. Can I get an amen in here? You're still with me. Let's go to Psalm 5010. This always touches my heart. I think I saw this verse at a veterinarian's office. God says, for all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. He must be rich. <laughs> we cannot comprehend God's wealth. Can you imagine the solar system, which is only part of the galaxy, which is only part of the universe? The elements beyond earth that are out there? Asteroids that are out there floating in space, iron ore and all these special elements, uranium and everything else that's so valuable to us. It's all God's. What good would it do, Scripture says, for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What good would it do? Let me add to that. My grandma Senna used to say this. What good would it do if you gained the whole world and lost your family, lost your kids? They don't serve God. What good would it do? It's all God's anyway, so serve him with what you have and he'll take care of the rest. Serve him with what you have and he will take care of the rest.
And people go, man, 10%, that's steep. You study the Old Testament, the Jews actually gave upwards of 21, 22, 23%. When you look at all the feasts and all the first fruits and everything they gave, they gave all kinds of, they gave all kinds of money and crops and everything else they had. Let's go to Haggai 2.8 one more time. Good review. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I thank God because that means he's in control. That means he holds the purse strings. That means he blesses me and takes care of me. Nobody else does like God. Say, man, money management, why do I need to keep giving to God? Tithes, offerings, first fruit, why should I be a giver? Especially tithes, offering, and first fruit. Well, number two, it's a reminder that God is first. It reminds everything else, everyone else in my life, that God is first. Period. Uh, we take it off the top. When my wife are, and I are discussing money coming in from an investment or a gift or a Christmas gift that was money or something that came in for a rent, from a rental property, first of all, it's almost like it's just, not almost, it's just a non-discussion item when we're talking. And I'll give her the budget. I'm the numbers guy, believe it or not. I'm not even detailed. But I thank God that my dad taught me bookkeeping and accounting growing up. Learned a little bit of it in college. Learned enough of it in college to say I will never be a true accountant. I quit. I'm getting a different degree after about the second semester. But anyway, so I'll present Jen with the numbers. And it's like we don't even talk about it. It's, I'll just write it right there where we can see it. Say, oh, yeah, this is tithe. We don't even worry about that amount. We, we deal with the rest that God has allowed us to keep. Quick example. Let's say $3,000 coming in, in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. Come on. That's a good amount of money for any of us. Okay, $3,000. I'm dealing with $2,700 right off the top. I give God his money. I don't even mess with it. I don't play around with God's money. I pray, and I stay, and I obey. You like that? I don't, I'm not messing with it. I don't play with God's money. It's his. As quick as I can get it to God, I do it, man. Quick. So let's say $3,000 came in. That's a great number to deal with. $300, subtract that right off the top. Now I'm dealing with $2,700, but it's blessed. God is paid, and we're going to move on in peace and in unity. It is a reminder that God is first. And your giving habits, they show proper and correct priorities if you're doing it right. Proper and correct priorities. Say, why is it so important? Let's go to Deuteronomy 8.18 in the English Standard Version. Look at this. Deuteronomy 8.18. I love this. This is once again Deuteronomy 8.18 in the English Standard Version. It says, you shall remember. Someone say remember. You remember. When you give tithe and offering and first fruits, when you give to God, you are remembering. You are reminding yourself. I love this translation. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Some of you said, man, the best job I ever had, I prayed and God gave it to me. Or I have the best job I ever had now and God took care of it. I don't know how he did it, but I just keep tithing and giving and he just sustains me. I get raises. That's his will for you. That's his will for you. Be grateful for the good things he's given you. It is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Power to get wealth. Well, it starts off with you remember him. And when you remember him, he gives you power to get wealth. And power to get wealth establishes his covenant because the why? The world looks at you and they say, wow, they're blessed. They're blessed. They don't have the degree that others have or they don't have the education. 
maybe, or they don't have the experience, or how do they do that, or they came from the hood, or they were raised on the south side, or they were raised here, or they were raised over there, or they were raised in the projects, and God says, that doesn't matter to me. When you serve me, I pay well. That's what God says. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. A reminder that God is first because he gives you the power to get wealth. Matthew 6.33, we don't have to put that up. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Someone say all. All these things shall be added unto you. What? You need a car, a house. You need, man, you need money to pay this. You need money to pay gas for food. Hey, God will take care of it because you have put him first. Someone say God first. God first. All right. Money Management 101, here's what I like about being a steward for God and giving and having proper priorities when I give tithe and offering to God and just being a giver, it breaks greed, breaks greed off my life. I think, now once again, there are people in here that are naturally more generous than others, but I think we all have areas that we're greedy with, probably. I know I do. I mean, there's just areas you go, I don't want to spend money on that, or... You say, well, is that greedy? Am I just being a cheapskate or am I being thrifty? Okay. But there's areas you say, I don't want to give. Right? I don't think I'm a greedy person, but I just finished telling y'all you cannot have my Carhartt socks. I mean, I, I think I got three pairs of them. That's it. They came in the package, I think, and they've, they've been durable. I like them. Hey, now if God tells me to, I'll give them to you. Or a pair of shoes, great, whatever. But giving breaks greed because your priorities are right. It works on your heart. Someone say giving breaks greed. Uh-huh. How? It helps me to think of God and others. Really. Did you know God sustains this house here, but he's using you to keep it going? Now, if you don't give, someone else will give. There's always someone who will give. I've told you the stories when dad was building this building, man, in the early 90s. Some of y'all weren't even alive yet. Some of y'all were much younger, like myself, in the early 90s. Dad said people would just show up and give bags of money. He didn't even know them, never saw them again. Didn't know where the money came from. Said, well, it's, it's holy money under the Lord now in Jesus' name, right? Could have been drug money. Could have been robbed from an allsups. We don't know. We don't know. What's my point? Not to be offensive, but if God spoke through a donkey at one point in the Old Testament, he can use anyone and anything to accomplish his purposes. That keeps me humble. How about you? That keeps me humble. Wait, God spoke through a donkey? Then he can speak through me. If God will get his blessing to the people that are waiting for it, that need it, that he has promised his blessing to if they are in his covenant, and they're givers no matter how. God sustains his house through your giving, but either way, he's going to take care of this house. We've always said this. If God ordered it, he will pay for it. You hear these ticket walkers? People go order something in a restaurant and try to run out? That's ghetto. Don't do that. Christians, don't do that. Somebody say amen. All right, if some of you did that recently, shame on you. Repent. You can talk to me after the service. Amen, Pastor. God's dealing with me about being a ticket walker. You order it, you need to pay for it. I do know this. God is a God of his word, so if he ordered it, he will pay for it. If he promised it in his word, he will pay for it. Mm, and he's already paid.
So you give and you receive. You give and you receive. Look at Acts 20, 35. I love this verse. Hmm. And I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is what? More blessed to give than to receive. I brought that up a while ago. It's more blessed to give than to receive. you got to remember that. There's times you just decide when you give to God, you give to someone, God has laid it on your heart to give something to someone, you just give and be done with it. But don't think of it this way. Say, oh, that's just lost. Or I gave money to God. Or I gave something to that person. It's just lost. I'm never going to see a blessing from that. No. You may forget about it, but in that moment, remind yourself and say, God's going to take care of me. Because he said in his word, Luke 6, 38, give and you shall receive. He said in Malachi 3, Bring the tithe and offering into the storehouse and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room to receive. So let God break greed off you when you remember it is more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I've been talking about it for weeks, but you need to clear out some of them closets, don't you? I think I need to visit my closet again too. My wife just loves it. I get in there and start giving away stuff she's bought me in the last six months. She's like, baby... Give away some older stuff. <laughs> give, man, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So don't you forget that. I want you to think about this. Let me, let me reiterate my three points. I'm going to get to a fourth point. Someone say, it's all God's anyway. Would you put these on the screen? Thank you. Someone say, it's all God's anyway. That cell phone you use, that cell phone you overuse, right? <laughs> That's God's. Throw it in the casket with them. Then it's, it's just in the casket. No, man, bury him in his Cadillac. What? Let somebody drive that thing. Put it to use, man. Drive it till the wheels come off. That's, I'm a firm believer in that. It's all God's anyway. Number two, we give as part of our money management 101. We give because it's a reminder that what? God is first. Say that. Uh-huh. God is first. Someone say it again. Say, God is first. That's a great reminder, isn't it? God is first. You came on a Sunday. It's the first day of the week. It's a reminder that what? God is first. You got up today going, man, I don't know, I don't know, but here I am. Praise God. It's cold. Who cares? You can warm up later. I'm hungry. You can eat after the service. The World Cup is on. That's what the special DVR is for. La Copa Mundial. The world, that means World Cup for those of you who don't speak Spanish. There is no excuse to stay out of church. Hey, and we have live stream. Praise God. I'm not giving people a hard time that are on the live stream today. But I'm saying if at all possible, come meet in person. You can make a friend. You can be loved on. You can love somebody. You can give and receive at church. It's a reminder that God is first. We come here to give, but we give text to give during the week. We give to people. We give to God every chance we get. It's a reminder that God is first. Your lifestyle is a reminder that God is first. Number three, giving, it breaks greed off me. Breaks greed off you. Helps you to have proper priorities. And number four, I love this one. It tells the world that I am not my source. That puts a big flashing sign on you that says, what I have, God gave me. I am not my source. You didn't give yourself those looks, those leaping abilities, those money-making abilities, the charm, that smile. 
man, you are blessed. You look sharp. Praise God. God gave it to you, and he is your source. It tells the world that I am not my own source. In fact, I can't do anything without him. Does everybody agree with me on that? You wouldn't be here by accident on a Sunday to say, oh, no, I can do all things in my own strength. No, it's not true. You can't do anything without him. Let's go to Acts 17.28. Acts 17.28. For in him we live and move and exist. We live and move and breathe in him. This is the Apostle Paul speaking in Athens, and he says, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. But I like the first part of that for today. For in him we live and move and exist. Wow. That baby girl over there lives in him and moves and exists because of the breath of God. My little niece. You live and you move and you exist because of God. He is your source. Somebody say, God is my source. You remember this verse, man? This is a great bumper sticker. It's a great t-shirt, but this is a powerful verse. Philippians 4.13. For I can do everything, one translation says, all things through Christ who gives me strength. That relates to the verse where Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. Can't do it without him, folks. As I get close to closing, as I begin to wrap this up this morning, it tells the world that I am not my source. I can't do anything without him. When I give, I'm saying, God, I need your blessing. I need your hand in this situation. I, there's been times where we didn't have money to pay something off or even pay on something, but we had the money to give to God. It was... And it was a seed, it was a sacrifice. You've been there. We said, no, we're going to give because God can pay that bill. We don't even have money to pay that, enough money to pay that off anyway. Might as well give the money to God and be blessed. He'll take care of that. And he always has. Always. Someone say always. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me add something real quick. Jesus is your high priest according to the book of Hebrews. According to the law of covenants, according to the Old Testament, but now in the New Jesus is our high priest, and that is why we tithe to him. Do you know back in the day, folks tithed to the high priest. Now Jesus is your high priest, so that's why we tithe and give offerings, because he is administrating, and that is money management 101. Can I get an amen in here? Real quick to the points. Number one, it's all God's anyway. Number two, it's a reminder that God is first. Number two, it or number three, sorry, I wanted there to be two number twos. Number three, it breaks greed. Number four, it tells the world that I'm not my source. Someone say, I'm not my source. Praise God. We trust him today. Go ahead and get those lights. Let's pray. You've been a fabulous audience. You always are. I love speaking the word to you because you receive it so well and so humbly. All right. Everyone listening, please, please focus on the Lord and what he has to say as we begin to close this service today. I don't want you to be distracted by your phones or your neighbor or your thoughts or the World Cup. Right here, right now, this is your moment, this is your appointment with God. Is there anyone in this house? Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice or on the live stream that says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus, and if I died, I don't know where I'd go, but it wouldn't be heaven. 
If that is you, dear brother, if that's you, dear sister, you say, man, I don't even know if I'm right with God. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. This is your time. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you because you're going to make peace with God. Praise God. All right. Here's what I want everyone in this house to do, regardless of the fact. God bless you. Raise your hand if you need to get close to God. Raise your hand. All right. All right. That's a little different. You said, man, I believe I'm right with God, but I need to get closer to God. Huh. Let's agree on that. But first, I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer for acceptance of Jesus. That's for everyone listening to this. And then we'll pray that you get closer to God as well. But everyone in this house, repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I know I need to put you first. But first, I come to you knowing that I need forgiveness of my sins. I can't cleanse myself. I can't do it on my own. I can't make it without you. Without you, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Oh, I need your forgiveness. See, I confess and I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Can't live without you, Lord. And I believe in you. You're my Lord and my Savior. Say, Satan is not my Lord. Say, money is not my Lord. Say, you are my Lord. Thank you for accepting me. And now I accept you. Come into my heart. I believe. And I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Everyone's saying, I just want to be closer to God. Raise your hand. Now, I'm praying with you that you get closer to God, but you got to remember that getting closer to God takes action steps on your part. You start today by getting into God's Word. Don't put it off anymore. You say, man, I'm in God's Word because I took the spiritual warfare class, or I'm taking it right now. That is great. But those who aren't in that class or who have taken it or have never taken it, it doesn't matter. You need to be close to God now. And that starts with word and prayer. Those are basics for living. Speaking of 101, that is basics. That's ground-level entry. Basics. You want to be closer to God? Seek Him while He may be found, Scripture says. Father, I pray for everyone in this house as they raise their hands. Father, the blood of Jesus over them. Draw them close to you like never before. If they will draw close to you, your word says you will draw close to them. Give them an active hunger and conviction and drive to get into your word like never before, Father. This is the day you've made to rejoice and be glad in, but today is also the day of salvation. We'll rejoice and be glad as we seek you. Hey, we came to church today. That's seeking you. That's drawing close to you. But when we're not around anyone else, we're going to be in your presence. We're going to read the word and we're going to pray. See, I don't know where to start. The easiest thing is start in Genesis and read through. That's it. God has called you to seek him. He gave you his word for a purpose and a reason, and that is to get to know him, know who he is, and know what his promises are and what your rights and privileges and blessings should be. Thank you, Father, that your people love you. Now draw close to them as they draw close to you. We worship you today. I break every attack of the enemy, and I thank you that everything their hands touches, everything their hands touch will be blessed. In Jesus' name, somebody said.